Open up with um, our daily devotion, um, Nancy. I meant to ask you: Did you do you have those? Do you have it anywhere near you? The devotional. I do. I can get up. I can get that. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. We're going to open with that because um, that kind of threw me off, and I'm not the most prepared tonight. But I'm going to give God praise because that's where what I enjoy doing. Praising the Most High God. Okay, well, I'm going to let me get my glasses. Okay, take your time. Okay, today's uh, April 23rd. He will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. Break out of the box is the subheading. 
is taken from Numbers 14.8. And again, he will bring us safely into, into that land and give it to us. When others saw giants in the promised land and wanted to return to Egypt, Caleb said, the Lord will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. At that point, two things happened. The whole community began to talk about storing, uh, about storing Joshua and Caleb. Uh, I'm sorry, talked about uh, stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle. In Numbers 10, when the people around Caleb said no, God said yes, and all you need is his approval. When you have that, you can disregard the, the naysayers and move forward. If you wait for everyone to approve, agree with you, and applaud you, you'll get nowhere. There was a time when people thought the earth was flat and that man would never walk on, oh, and that man would never walk on the moon and would never walk on the moon. In 1899, the U.S. Patent Office almost closed because the commissioner, Charles H. Duell, said everything that can be invented has been invented. In retrospect, this statement is ridiculous, but some of us have have the same mindset. I'm sorry, go ahead. We stopped learning because we think we're too old. We're afraid to change careers in case we jeopardize our pension. We don't pursue our dreams in case we fall or get ridiculed. We're so used to self-imposed limitations and telling ourselves, I can't do that. We think we can't do anything. In essence, we've built a box, crawled inside, and now we're looking for something or someone to blame for our lack of faith. God didn't box you in. You did it to yourself, and you need to take the initiative to break up. Today, decide to do it, and God will bless bless your endeavors. Wow. That's it? Yes. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank Uh you for sharing that. Thank you. Yes. God will bless our endeavors. Wow. Mm. All right. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the victor's crown, the life God has promised to those who love him. James 1.12, engaging in the battle. We need tools in spiritual warfare. It has been the underlying purpose of this book. Oh, this is a book to provide practical, usable information and insight into the waging of winning warfare. The world, the flesh, and the devil will be continuously defeated if we use the weapons of our warfare. The Lord has provided all the tools we need. The Lord Jesus Christ has provided all of our victory. He used the same tools he has provided us in winning the battle. His victory is our victory. It remains our responsibility to use these weapons so graciously provided in his grace. Every time you use them, you'll thank God for the tools of victory he has provided. Just as I think with fond remembrance of the man who gave me the toolbox when I used my carpenter's tools, so your heart will reach out in an ever-deepening gratitude to your Lord. 
The importance of doctrinal truth and doctrinal praying is intended to be to to lift us up. Doctrine, God's unchanging truth, is mighty in defeating our enemy. The truth, this truth, must get deep in our souls. This can only come about as we gain understanding of the holy word of God and then use that word aggressively in our lives. With the permission and approval of Dr. Victor Matthews, professor of theology at the Grand Rapids Bible Institute, Bible College and Seminary, I include here some very fine helps in keeping doctrinal truth in the forefront of warfare. The daily affirmation of faith is to provide a concise, clear statement of the truth of the word of God as it applies to our victory. I commend this affirmation for daily reading aloud on the part of those who experience intense warfare. It will do much to build spiritual foundation into your soul. It will keep the ground of your victory aggressively in action against your enemies. Study the text of scripture for your own enlightenment and edification. The daily affirmation of faith. Today I deliberately choose to submit myself fully to God. As he has made himself known to me through the Holy Scripture, which I honestly accept as the inspired, infallible authority and standard for all life and practice. In this day, I will not judge God, his work, myself, or others on the basis of feelings or circumstances. I recognize by faith that the triune God is worthy of all honor, praise, and worship as the creator sustainer, and end of all things. I confess that God, as my creator, made me for himself in this day. I therefore choose to live for him. Revelations 5, 9, and 10. I recognize by faith that God loved me and chose me in Jesus Christ before time began. Ephesians 1, 1 through 7. I recognize by faith that God has proven his love to me in sending his son to die in my place in whom every provision has already been made for my past, present, and future needs through his representative work, and that I have been quickened, raised, seated with Jesus Christ in the heavenlies, and anointed with the Holy Spirit, Romans 5, 6 through 11, Philippians 1, 6, Ephesians 1, 3. I recognize by faith that God has accepted me since I have received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, that he has forgiven me, he has adopted me into his family, assuming every responsibility for me, given me eternal life, applied the perfect righteousness of Christ to me that I am now justified. He has made me complete in Christ and offers himself to me as my daily sufficiency through prayer and the decisions of faith. I recognize by faith that the Holy Spirit has baptized me into the body of Christ. He sealed me. He anointed me for life and service. He seeks to lead me to to a deeper walk with Jesus Christ and to fill my life with himself. I recognize by faith that only God can deal with sin and only God can produce holiness of life. I confess that in my salvation, my part was only to receive him and that he dealt with my sin and saved me. Now I confess that in order to live a holy life, I can only surrender to his will and receive him as my sanctification. 
trusting him to do whatever may be necessary in my life without and within so I may be enabled to live today in purity, freedom, rest, and power for his glory. Having confessed that God is worthy of all praise, that the scriptures are the only authority, that only God can deal with sin and produce holiness of life, I again recognize my total dependence upon him and submission to him. I accept the truth that praying in faith is absolutely necessary for the realization of the will and grace of God in my daily life. Recognizing that faith is a total response to God by which the daily provisions the Lord has furnished in himself are appropriated, I therefore make the following decisions of faith. For this day, pursuant to Hebrews 3.6, I make the decision of faith to surrender wholly to the authority of God as he has revealed himself in the scripture to obey him. I confess my sin. I face the sinful reality of my own nature. And I deliberately choose to walk in the light and step with Christ throughout the hours of the day. For this day, I make the decision of faith to surrender wholly to the authority of God as revealed in the scripture. To believe him, I accept accept only his word as final authority. I now believe that since I have confessed my sin, he has forgiven and cleansed me. I accept at full value his word of promise to be my sufficiency and rest and will conduct myself accordingly. For this day, I make the decision of faith to recognize that God has made every provision so that I may fulfill his will and calling. Therefore, I will not make any excuse for my sin and failure. For this day, I make the decision of faith deliberately to receive God from that provision which he has made for me. I renounce all self-effort to live the Christian life and to perform God's service. I renounce all sinful praying, which asks God to change circumstances and people so that I may be more spiritual. I renounce all drawing back from the work of the Holy Spirit within and the call of God without. And I renounce all non-biblical motives, goals, and activities which serve my sinful pride. I now sincerely receive Jesus Christ as my sanctification, particularly as my cleansing from the old nature, and I ask the Holy Spirit to apply to me the work of Christ accomplished for me in the crucifixion. In cooperation with the dependence upon him, I obey the command to put off off the old man, Romans 14.1. I now sincerely receive Jesus Christ as my sanctification, particularly as my enablement moment by moment to live above sin and ask the Holy Spirit to apply to me the work of the resurrection so that I may walk in newness of life. I confess that only God can deal with my sin and only God can produce holiness and the fruit of the Spirit in my life. In cooperation with dependence upon him, I obey the command to put on the new man, Romans 6.1. I now sincerely receive Jesus Christ as my deliverance from Satan and take my position with him in the heavenlies, asking the Holy Spirit to apply to me the work of the ascension. In his name, I submit myself to God and I stand against all of Satan's influence and deceptions. In cooperation with the dependence upon God, I obey the command to resist the devil. 
I now sincerely receive the Holy Spirit as my anointing for every aspect of life and service for today. I fully open my life to him to fill me afresh in obedience to the command to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Having made this confession and these decisions of faith, I now receive God's promised rest for this day. Therefore, I relax in the trust of faith, knowing that in the moment of temptation, trial, or need, the Lord himself will be there as my strength and sufficiency. The warfare prayer. Another doctrinal tool that has proved of great benefit to me and to many others is the warfare prayer. It was composed by Dr. Matthews, a theologian. His unique and thorough way of including sound doctrine in his prayer is most helpful. I would urge anyone facing obvious spiritual warfare to use this prayer daily. It is good to read it up aloud as a prayer unto the Lord. Eventually, one will be able to incorporate the doctrinal truth expressed into his own prayer life without reading it. The devil hates this prayer usually before working with anyone who has deep uh, demonic attacks. I will request that we read this prayer in unison. Many times the oppressed can only, can, the oppressed one can read only with great difficulty. Sometimes sight problems, voice problems, or mind confusions become so intense that the afflicted person can continue only with great effort. It is the truth of God that Satan cannot resist, and he vigorously fights it being applied against him. Those serious about warfare should daily use a prayer like this along with other prayer examples. The warfare prayer. Heavenly Father, I bow in worship and I praise before you. I cover myself with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ as my protection during this time of prayer and throughout my life. I surrender myself completely and unreservedly in every area of my life to yourself. I do take a stand against all the workings of Satan that would hinder me in this time of prayer, and I address myself only to the true and living God, and I refuse any involvement of Satan in my prayer or in my life. Satan, I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to leave all any any presence, any tactics, any schemes that you put put into my life, any targeted my life, any other targeted individual's life, using your demons, I bring the blood of Jesus Christ between you and them, me and them. Heavenly Father, I worship you and I give you praise. I recognize that you are worthy to receive all glory, honor, and praise. I renew my allegiance to the Most High God, and I pray that the Blessed Holy Spirit will enable me in this time of prayer. I am thankful, Heavenly Father, that you have loved me from past eternity, that you sent the Lord Jesus Christ into the world to die as my substitute that I would be redeemed. I am thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ came as my representative and that through him you have completely forgiven me. You have given me eternal life. You have given me the perfect righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. So now I am justified. I am thankful that in him you have made me complete and that you have offered yourself to me to be my daily help and strength. Heavenly Father, come and open my eyes 
that I might see how great you are and how complete your provision is for this new day. I do, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, take my place with Christ in the heavenlies with all principalities and powers, powers of darkness and wicked spirits under my feet. I am thankful that the victory the Lord Jesus Christ won for me on the cross and in his resurrection has been given to me, and I am seated with the Lord Jesus Christ in the heavenlies. Therefore, I declare that all principalities and powers and all wicked spirits, <clears throat> excuse me, are subject to me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am thankful for the armor you have provided, and I put on the girdle of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the sandals of peace, the helmet of salvation. I lift up the shield of faith against all the fiery darts of the enemy. And I take my hand, the sword of the spirit, the word of God, and I use your word against all the forces of evil in my life, and I put on his, this armor, and I live and pray in complete dependence upon you, <clears throat> the most high God, and the blessed Holy Spirit. I am grateful, Heavenly Father, that the Lord Jesus Christ spoiled all principalities and powers and made a show of them openly and triumph over them in himself. I claim all that victory for my life today. I reject out of my life all the insinuations, accusations, and the temptations of Satan. I affirm that the word of God is true, and I choose to live today in the light of God's word. I choose, Heavenly Father, to live in obedience to you and in fellowship with yourself. Open my eyes and show me the areas of my life that would not please you. Work in my life that there be no ground to give Satan a foothold against me. Show me any areas of weakness. Show me any area of my life that I must deal with so that I would please you. I do in every way today for you and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in my life. By faith and dependence upon you, <clears throat> I put off the old man. And I stand into all the victory of the crucifixion with the Lord Jesus Christ provided, cleansing from the old nature. I put on the new man and I stand in victory of the resurrection and the provision he has made for me there to live above sin. Therefore, in this day, I put off the old nature and its selfishness and I put on the new nature with its love. I put off the old nature with its fear and I put on the new nature with its courage. I put off the old nature with its weakness, and I put on the new nature and its strength. I put off today the old nature with all its deceitful lust, and I put on the new nature with all its righteous impurity. I do in every way stand into the victory of the ascension and glorification of the Son of God where all principalities and powers were made subject to him. And I claim my place in Christ, victorious with him over all the enemies of my soul. Blessed Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill me, come into my life, break down every idol, and cast out every foe. I am thankful, Heavenly Father, for the expression of your will for my daily life. As you have shown me in your word, I therefore claim all the will of God today. I am thankful that you have blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. 
I am thankful that you have begotten me into a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I am thankful that you have made a provision so that today I can live filled with the Spirit of God, with love and joy, and self-control in my life, my God. And I recognize that this is your will for me, God, and I therefore reject and resist all the endeavors of Satan and of his demons to rob me of the will of God. I refuse in this day to believe my feelings, and I hold up the shield of faith against all the accusations and against all the insinuations that Satan would put in my mind. I claim the fullness of the will of God for today. I do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I completely surrender myself to you, Heavenly Father, as a living sacrifice. I choose not to be conformed to this world. I choose to be transformed by the renewing of my mind, and I pray that you would show me your will and enable me to walk in the fullness of the will of God today. I am thankful, Heavenly Father, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, to the casting down of imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and to bring every thought into obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, in my own life today, I tear down the strongholds of Satan, and I smash the plans of Satan that have been formed against me. I tear down the strongholds of Satan against my mind, and I surrender my mind to you, blessed Holy Spirit. I affirm, Heavenly Father, that you have not given us the spirit of fear. Mm but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I break and I smash the strongholds of Satan formed against my emotions today, and I give my emotions to you, God. I smash the strongholds of Satan formed against my will today, and I give my will to you. And I choose to make the right decisions of faith. I smash the strongholds of Satan formed against my body today, and I give my body to you, God recognizing that I am your temple and I rejoice in your mercy and your goodness. Heavenly Father, I pray that now through this day, you would quicken me, show me the way that Satan is hindering and tempting and lying and counterfeiting and destroying the truth in my life. Enable me to be the kind of person that would please you Enable me to be aggressive in prayer. Enable me to be aggressive mentally and to think your thoughts after you and to give you your rightful place in my life. Again, I now cover myself with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and pray that you, blessed Holy Spirit, will bring all the work of the crucifixion, all the work of the resurrection, all the work of the glorification, and all the work of Pentecost into my life today. I surrender myself to you, God. I refuse to be discouraged. You are the God of all hope. You have proven your power by resurrecting Jesus Christ from the dead, and I claim in every way your victory over all satanic forces active in my life and anybody of any other targeted individual's life. I reject the satanic forces, and I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ with Thanksgiving. Amen. Mm. Thank you. Yes. God, Amen. thank you. 
I thank you, God, for that prayer. It's listed under train and grow, spiritual growth prayer. God, I just thank you for the privilege of prayer. I thank you, God, for the thirst to grow in your word. I thank you, God, for all you've done for us. Each and every one of us, God, we're in the land of the living. We're in our health. We have our limbs. We have our right mind. We've not been hospitalized, induced hospitalized. God, I thank you. I praise you. I exalt your name. And I ask you, God, for continual blessings over each and every one of us. Did not one of us end up in demon territory, Heavenly Father. Don't let those demons touch our bodies. Let us be able to use our bodies in full good health to worship and serve you, God. I give you all the praise, Heavenly Father. You are the God above all gods. I bind and rebuke every plot of Satan to discourage targeted individuals, to try to put fear in their lives, to try to induce, kill, induce all kinds of sicknesses. I plead the blood of Jesus against each and every attack against the eyes. And the weapons used to be experimented on people, I give you all the praise and I ask you, God, to raise us up to a level of maturity and growth that we take responsibility for our lives, to live according to your will, to drop bad habits, to lose weight, to be the size, to not give that demon any leeway in our lives. I thank you, God, for cleansing me. I thank you, God, for all you've done, all you're going to do, Heavenly Father. I thank you, God, from where you brought me from to where you got me to. I thank you, God, that you're cleaning me up and making me the woman that you would want me to be and each and every other T.I. that's willing to grow into the person that God wants them to be. I thank you, God, that we know you're our only protection against this wicked demon out here. God, we thank you for the protection you've provided us. We thank you, God, for the ability to walk, talk, use all of our uh, forms and our body functions. Heavenly Father, the word of God says our body is your temple. God, let us use our body to serve you, worship you, exalt your name, advance the kingdom of God. God, I give you all the praise. Thank you, Lord, for a special blessing on Dr. John Hall. I'm sorry that they got him in the hospital, God. God, touch his soul. Let him use this experience, God, to let him know, to shock demons, to let demons know, and let, let, let him use you, Heavenly Father, to deliver him, to cover him, because, God, you have a way of doing things, and demons can find out that you are all sovereign and all powerful, no matter how much plotting and planning these demons do. God, cover his family. Let them be there in prayer with him. And let them just use this time, Heavenly Father, as a privileged time, as, as, as a time of adversity to grow in God, to let the devil know that he could never disappoint people. Because we know we didn't come out of trees. We didn't fall off of a roof on this earth that we serve a mighty God that's the creator of all. And we thank you, God, for you being all sovereign and all powerful. And we bind and rebuke every demon attack on God's people. 
We ask you, Heavenly Father, to cover our praying TIs in particularly. Watch over them, their bloodlines, their children, their children's children, Heavenly Father. Let them continue to be in the army of the Lord. Let them take their stand as a warrior against demonic activities on this earth. God, we thank you for our elders. We thank you, God, for covering them and watching over them, Heavenly Father. We thank you for all targeted individuals. We thank you, God, for our children, our babies. We ask you, God, for extra hedge of protection because those demons got their eyes on the babies. God, cover them and let those babies that they're using for human research experimentation, God, cover them, Heavenly Father, and let those babies be the doctors of tomorrow to never be, never to conform themselves to these satanic plots of using human research experimentation to harm people. God, we thank you. We praise you. We give you all the praise, Heavenly Father. You are the Alpha, the Omega. We just thank you that you've given us the privilege to get to know you. We exalt your name, God. And I thank you for my praying sisters that are here to with, uh, with me praying. I thank you, Heavenly Father. And I ask you to give them an extra blessing, Heavenly Father, from just being able to motivate each other. And those who want to be here and could not be here, God, I ask that you bless them too. This is my prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Um, amen. 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 Yeah, that, that was some prayer, wasn't it, that, that I read? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, a daily affirmation of faith. And that was wow. the sp- spiritual warfare player, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That, that was a mouthful. That's a, that was a lot. Yeah. Was, really wasn't that something else? I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it, too. I really enjoyed yeah. reading it. Yeah. Absolutely. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, you want to pray now? Um um, um, Nancy, and then Camille. Nancy. Okay. Yes, I'm here. Okay, you want to pray? Well, okay. you, do you mind? Do you mind? Let me put mommy because mommy's going to fall asleep. Can I put mommy in? Sure. Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yes. You want to say a little prayer? Oh yes, go ahead, Father. We come to thank you once more, Lord. We glorify your name. We praise you. We thank you for covering us all with your blood, Heavenly Father. We glorify you this morning. Continue to help us, Lord, to continue following you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. No other name but the name of Jesus. As we glorify you this morning, we thank you, we praise you, we honor you, we glorify your matchless name in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Cover us all with your blood, Heavenly Father. We thank you once more and we'll continue to thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm glad to see um, Angelica's here. Hi, Angelica. Amen. I hope you you stay to the end because I know you know a little more about Dr. Hall's situation. Angelica, are you there? 
Angelica? We have Washington State. I figured that was her. Angelica? Okay. All right. Well, we'll if she's here at the end, we'll go back to her. Okay. Go ahead, Camille, and then Nancy. Go ahead. I mean, Nancy and Camille. Because Nancy, yeah, she was here. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you this day thanking you so much for your grace and your mercy, thanking you for your goodness. I come to uh, before you right now with my sisters, Lord, just being grateful, Father, just being grateful for life and thanking you. Father, we ask for forgiveness of our sins as we come before you, and thank you, Lord, that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Father, we ask that you help us, Lord, to be mindful to minister to others, Father, just to share our faith with people, Father, so that we could draw all men, so that men will be drawn unto you, Father. We know that some plant, some water, but you give the increase, Father. We love you so much, Lord, and we just pray and ask that you help us, Lord, because we know that that's uh, one of the commands, Father, that you gave to Jesus and his disciples, and Father, that's something that we should be doing. We love you so much, Father, and we ask you to be, help us to be mindful of those things. Father, I pray for President Trump right now, Lord. I pray and ask you to uh, come against all the the evil desires, the plots, the schemes, Father, that are coming against him in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that they will not prevail in the name of Jesus, Father. I thank you and lift his life up before you, Father. I ask that you bless him, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask that you bless his life, Father. I pray and ask a spirit of boldness on him, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray and I ask you, Lord God, to please bless his family, Father, just to to be a support to one another, Father, in the name of Jesus, Father. I thank you, Lord, that the gates of hell will not prevail, Father, where he is concerned. Thank you, Father, that that uh, the eyes of this evil program, Father, is being brought to the light. We thank you, Lord. We know that what's done in secret will be revealed openly. Father, we thank you, Lord, that he will go forth and that he will pull the veil off the eyes of, of people, Father. Thank you, Lord, that it will come out, Father, that people will be vindicated, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, I just lift him up and, and thank you, Lord, for boldness. Thank you for a spirit of alliance, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for his life. Please, God, I ask you, Lord, to bless him. I ask you, God, to quicken his spirit, to move on his heart, Father, to move on his mind, that he will know that you are with him, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that he will fear no man in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you so much, Father, and I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hello? Hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I was muted, but I was here. Thank you, Nancy. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dear beloved, holy and heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the time to come together with my sister's father in prayer and in fellowship. It's always a great time when we can pray, Father, and just uh, really set aside time for you. Give you the honor, the worship, the praise, and the glory that you are due, Father. 
It doesn't matter what is going on in our lives. It doesn't matter what is going on around us, Father. What matters is you are worthy of the worship, the honor, the praise, and the glory. Jesus is Lord, and he is the Savior of the world. And I thank you so much, Father. Uh, Despite all of the assignments of the enemy, despite the hardships that we deal with, Father, the fact is you are greater than all of it. And I thank you that with your power, your might, your strength, and with your love, that we are able to endure, overcome, and surpass. And basically, we are delivered in the name of Jesus Christ from all the attacks and all of the plans, the plots, and the schemes of the enemy. And I praise your only name. The only, what we need to do, though, is to keep my minds and our hearts and our focus on Jesus, on you, Father, in your kingdom. And we have the victory. And I give you all thanksgiving, honor, worship, and praise, and glory for the victory in Jesus Christ of Nazareth's name. Father, I pray for all of us on this call right now, our families, our friends, our loved ones, and everyone connected to us, Father. I pray that we fulfill the assignment that you have for us on this earth. And I pray that when we are done in terms of our lives on this earth, that we are ready to be with you, with your son in heaven. (coughs) Excuse me for eternity, and I give you all thanksgiving, honor, worship, praise, and glory. I plead a hedge of protection surrounding each and every one of us. I plead blessings and favor over us, Father. I pray that there is no income blacklisting that will prevent us from having our needs provided because, Father, you are so faithful in making sure that your people's needs are being provided for. I give you the honor, worship, praise, and glory for this in Jesus' name. Father, I continue to pray to you, Father, that, yes, opportunities will open up despite what the enemy tries to do in terms of hindrance, putting a hindrance and a stumbling block in each and every one of our lives. And I just pray to you that uh, we truly do submit to and for you. I pray for our families our friends, our loved ones, everyone connected to us and that we are a blessing in their lives and that we are focused on other people, first and foremost on you and on Jesus and on you and your kingdom, but then on the lives of your people and how we can be a blessing in the hearts, the minds, the souls, the bodies, and the lives of others. And I give you the honor to worship, the praise, and the glory. Father, I pray for our families, I pray, you know, those of us who still have our parents or a mom or a dad, Father, I pray for each and every one. I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one of them. And I pray, Father, that, uh, you know, you, you enable us to uh, just to really live and to be and to grow. And, Father, that we will continue to have our families, that no harm comes to and or near our families but you just supernaturally provide and protect and bless and highly favor them, Father. 
and that before they leave this world that they are ready to be with you in heaven for eternity and they hear those words that we all want to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. And I give you the honor, the worship, the praise, and the glory. I pray for each and every targeted individual as a whole. And, uh, Father, I pray that if they don't know Jesus, please, Father, allow Jesus to be shed abroad in their hearts, their minds, their souls, their bodies, and their lives. Allow them to get to know Jesus, the Messiah, and to fall in love as we all need to be in love with Jesus. I mean, there's no reason why we shouldn't be in love with him. You know, he, Father, he loved the world. He was perfect. And uh, he was our perfect lamb, our perfect sacrifice, Father, since he never committed. But uh, so we that we may be reconciled back to you and back to him, Father. He, um, you know, he laid down his life. And uh, as he was here, he was an example of how we should live in the world. And, uh, Father, I thank you so much for that direction and in, that instruction and you know, I just pray for our very lives and that uh, supernatural blessings and favor over us, supernatural provision and protection surrounding us, and that no harm comes to and or near us. In Jesus Christ of Nazareth's name, I continue to pray for each and every target and, uh, you know, that we submit our lives to and for Jesus and for you and your kingdom, that we're not holding any anger or grudges or anything against you, Father, in terms of, yes, this can be a very horrific program, very painful program, Father, but things are allowed for a reason. Help our minds to be, and our hearts and our souls and our lives to be set apart unto and for you and for Jesus. And just because, Father, you are greater and your ways are not our ways, you know, in terms of how you work in our lives, Father, and help us to believe and to know and trust by faith that you have us covered and that um, you will allow no harm to come to and or near to us. And I thank you. And I pray as I lift up uh, Dr. John C. Hall, Father, in terms of this uh, crazy uh, situation with him having an induced heart attack. Father, I plead supernatural blessings and favor over him, supernatural provision and protection surrounding him and his family, Father. Uh, just help us in terms of uh, seeking Jesus and you and your kingdom first and your righteousness, Father, and that we just cry out to you every moment of every day and, you know, for your direction, for your love and uh, you leading and guiding us and, I give you all thanksgiving, honor, worship, praise, and glory for this. In Jesus Christ of Nazareth's name, Father. And I just thank you so much for the uh, targeted community. Um, It's great that, you know, as we go through these experiences that we can come together, Father, and we can pray. I thank you that we can pray to you. I mean, despite everything that's happening in this nation as far as liberties being pulled back, I'm grateful that we are still able to come together and pray. It is such a blessing, Father. And I think as with many things with your kingdom, we tend to take it for granted. But help us never to take that for granted. I mean, to have you in any way in our lives through prayer, through scriptural, biblical reading, or just through fellowshipping, Father, 
It is a blessing, and I praise your holy name for it. I give you the honor, the worship, the praise, and the glory, Father. And I thank you so very much. I plead the blood of Jesus. Is that Anne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did get it. I did get it. Okay. That's that fan phone, Mary. Huh? That fan is never. Yeah, it's I don't have the fan. Thank you, Father, for, for protecting Anne, 
protecting Sister Anne and protecting each and every one of us, Father. And I just pray, Father, that uh, you just be with us during our week and that we just hold on tight to you no matter what happens, Father, that we walk by faith and not by sight. And as your scriptures say, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against us in judgment, Father, you shall condemn. And yes, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. And I thank you so much for this time of prayer and worship with my sisters. I just pray that you will continue to bless and highly favor them and supernaturally provide and protect them and continue to be with us and help us to grow into the women that you have called us to be, Father. I give you the honor, the worship, the praise, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. That was awesome. Anne, you want to pray now? Yes. Father God, in heaven, in Jesus Christ, you are pray, Father. Thank you, Father, for giving us this opportunity to pray together. We see you, Father. Thank you so much, Father, for giving us the opportunity. We pray, Father, with my prayer warriors, sisters. We continue to bless them, Father, and protect us and carry us through, Father. Bless and pray, help us, Father, in Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, man. Thank you. Amen. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. All right. Um, well, I thank God for all the prayers. And again, um, we're, we're looking at, uh, Healing through prayer, and I found I found this good book. My mother had gone when she was younger. She went to theology school, so I mean I could just pick up my hand and find all kinds of books in here in in this house. So this book I found was the Power to Heal. I'm going to pray for is a uh, a reading a, a Bible study on healing, and, and we 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 send out prayers for John Hall, long term prayers that he can just be in the capacity that God created him in, you know, um, through this situation. But um, the author, this is The Power to Heal by uh, Francis McNeut. The Power to Heal, Francis McNeut. Who's um, very interested in the, the uh, introduction? I'm going to read the introduction, and I'll just read a little part on the power to heal. I guess A wants to put some films in on electronic harassment. Okay. Um, healing through prayer, a rediscovery. All right. Let's see. Where did I was I reading from? Okay. 
this person saying, in the past 10 years, my understanding of the power of Jesus Christ to transform people's lives has been gradually but radically changed. Not that, not that I ever doubted that he came to transform our lives, but I thought he did it mainly through his teachings. He was the prophet and teacher who pointed the way for us to follow. And not only did he teach and point the way, but he was our model, the way, the truth, and the life. All this is true, of course, but I didn't fully realize that we need his power to transform us, that we can't just teach and preach and then expect people to be changed. The depth of our womb. In my early adult years, during high school and college, I came to the recognition of a degree of weakness, of powerlessness in people that I had never fully realized was there. Sounds like he knows T.I.'s. Talk about he saw a degree of powerlessness in people. Wow. He says, during during two years in the Army, in World War II, I had seen contrast of human goodness and sin that I had never known in a protected childhood in the world of private schools and colleges. The Army brought me into contact with a world of people whom, by and large, I could not trust. I didn't need to believe in sin. I could really see that our world was somehow under its way. I was naively bewildered by the mystery of sin. Why were people so cruel and hard? Then, after several more protected years in the seminary, I met evil again after ordination. Okay, only now... Instead of meeting people who were evil or seemed willingly caught up in evil, I met good people who came to me asking for help. They came to confession and asked for spiritual direction during a retreat. They were good people who somehow were trapped in one or more areas of life that seemed evil, and they couldn't free themselves by willpower. Spiritual and psychological lack of freedom was tormenting them. The depressed person who contemplated suicide couldn't be free by dis- by desiring to be free. The married homosexual suffering from his sexual struggle could not free himself to love his wife. There were those, including myself, suffering from anxiety. What was the answer? When Christ told us, We should not be anxious. Then there were the people, including a priest who lived in the same house with me, suffering from such sickness as alcoholism. I said, boy, where was he at? (laughs) All these people who came to me for help were already going to confession and presumably were repentant. In the course of several years, I came to realize that many, perhaps most of the suffering people who came to me for spiritual direction were burdened by real evil that did not give way to repentance or willpower. Their plaint echoed Paul. I have been sold as a slave to sin. I cannot understand my own behavior. I fail to carry out things I want to do, and I find myself doing the very things I hate, Romans 7.14. People were coming to me and looking for help. After admitting things that brought them to tears, sins they did not really want to commit, but which they were somehow driven to, 
A man, for instance, might feel driven by loneliness to get into his car and head for a nearby city, cruising until he found another man in a park or bar. He would feel terrible remorse and shame, but somehow he couldn't stop such encounters for more than a few days at a time. At the end of a week, he would, it would happen all over again. He would feel about his confessions because he was always feeling, failing and falling and confessing the same thing. What could I say that would help him? What could I say to a nun who felt so miserable about life that she felt like committing suicide? I could discourage the suicide, but did my words really affect the depression? A psychological solution. It was about that time I and many priests like me began to read books on counseling and psychology. We began to realize that much personal behavior seemed to be determined by past experiences for which the individual was not responsible. It became increasingly difficult to separate spiritual problems from psychological ones. Some articles and much private conversation by moral theologians suggested that that certain things was not always a sin, certainly not a serious sin, but simply part of the process of growing up. We were told that many things we had been labeling as sins, such as alcoholism and uh, masturbation, were more like sicknesses. We could not just tell a person to repent and shape up. He needed help, a doctor, a guest house. If these various problems that tormented people were not voluntary but were simply part of a process of growing up, then the best thing a preacher or counselor could do was to help the person understand this behavior as part of a process rather than to label it as sin or evil. When a person cannot change his behavior, labeling his actions as sin simply increases his anxiety by making him feel more guilty and hated by God for behavior that he cannot change. Eventually, the behavior might change, but not at that moment, so it seemed healthier for the priest, the counselor, to accept these persons whom we once would have labeled sinners as they were, rather than condemning them and thus leading them to condemn themselves, worsening their condition. On the face of it, that accepting attitude seemed to be a far more loving attitude than our previous one. For a time, it seemed that the best way to help people suffering from what had appeared to be incurable spiritual problems was to send them to the psychiatrist. That's what they're doing with TI. But many were not helped by the psychiatrist either. What was the answer? The problem involved more than healing this person. It involved how we understood life in general in the light of redemption when so much human sickness seemed to be more destructive than redemptive. How could I speak of the love of Jesus Christ to a woman paralyzed by deep mental depression? If If I tried to encourage her by saying that God loved her, she would answer, Maybe God loves you, but he sure doesn't love me. Wow, this is amazing because I've met, met, you know, TIs that just been through so much, and there's so many feel that way, and and it's just, you know, all I could say is, you know, you have to understand spiritual warfare. You have to take some Bible study classes 
you have to, you know, get an understanding of what is spiritual warfare because that will explain this TI program. There's nothing else. I've been, I've looked everywhere. And I've met TIs that speak just like this lady here, you know, would say maybe God loves you, but he sure doesn't love me. Just look at me, she said. I even hate myself. If he loved me, he wouldn't leave me in this state. As you can see, I was simply trying to make sense out of the kind of mess that causes so many Christians to lose faith. It was the same situation we all confront at times in our lives and would like to forget, the age-old problem of evil. None of the answers I had been preaching up to that point in my life was satisfying when it came face-to-face with reality. To call all these human problems sin as though the sufferers could change their lives through repentance was clearly a hard line that sometimes worked and sometimes didn't. Some people could change, some couldn't. Some of it was personal sin, but some of it was mixed with a lack of inner freedom so that the person simply couldn't change without help. But were psychology and the power of human love enough to change deep-rooted problems? Sometimes counseling helped, but many times it simply wasn't enough. Especially, it often wasn't enough to help those hurting the most. Hurting the most, Articles began to appear in psychology today questioning whether psychiatry was re- really worth all that money when just about as many patients, uh, approximately one-third, got better who had no treatment as those who had undergone extensive psychoanalysis. So what was the answer? Are there a certain number of people who are hopeless, as it were, and should just learn to accept their condition and endure life as a test, but without much happiness? If that kind of cynical solution seemed realistic, it also it also showed the gospel. No, it also eviscerated the gospel and made it relatively meaningless when it talked about good news and salvation. What did it mean anyway to say that Jesus is the one who saves, who redeems mankind? Maybe I could lift all that up to some abstract sermonic level, but what does it mean when you're trying to help a weeping friend who is contemplating suicide? Power to heal. I share all this personal searching because in some way we all go through it trying to make some sense out of the mystery of human suffering. Mm. It was in this questing frame of mind that I first heard in 1966 of someone who had a strong belief that Jesus Christ would heal people if we asked, and this person had many successful healings to back up that theory. Actually, it is a very simple concept which corresponds to a literal interpretation of the gospel passages that speak about Jesus healing the people who came crowding around him. It is the gospel of Mark, probably the earliest written, that makes special note of the crowds of people coming for healing, often making it impossible for Jesus and the disciples to eat. Sometimes Jesus had to cross the lake or even go to Gentile territory just to escape the multitudes who gave him no rest in their search for healing. The number of these references in the gospel is impressive. It seemed to me that it was easier to understand these crowds and healing scenes as having really happened than to reinterpret them symbolically. So when I heard that people were praying directly for healing, 
hands on the sick and all that, it seemed important to check it out. The people I heard and later met, like Agnes Sanford, impressed me as being intelligent, sincere, and filled with a hopeful faith that I envied. Not only did they have hope, but a wealth of experience in seeing healing happen. What I regarded as extraordinary was simply their shop tour. Eventually, I, in turn, decided to take the risk of faith and began to pray in a personal way for the sick. I stopped just saying general prayers at a distance. It was then that my understanding began to change, and I saw that certain elements in religious traditions had more substance than I thought. Original sin, original sin is, I now find, a very real thing, not merely an abstraction. It is a real evil in human beings, but at the same time, it is not personal sin as though the person desires to be afflicted. It is not personal sin as though the person desires to be afflicted. We are all we are all wounded. Our wills don't always have the power to change. Our minds are confused. Our emotions can enslave us. And we are strangely moved by unreasoning impulses. Admitting that man is basically good and created by God, there still is an evil within us that is also somehow beyond us. There is also evil outside of us, and as Paul says, our struggles are not just against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. At times now, I find that I have to command evil spirits to leave people in order for them to be set free. All this, I know, sounds primitive to some theologians writing today who are now claiming that prayer of petition dominates the minds of pre-scientific cultures and that the predominance of science in the Western mentality since the uh, Copernican Revolution has gradually regulated prayer as petition to the status of superstition. Such a view asserts that it is a negative spirituality which emphasizes man's limitation and fails to respect the unlimited capacity of humanity to know and affect the universe. What I see is something quite different. I'm a Christian, humanist, Christian human, who does not overly stress the negative aspects of life, but I see the gospel speaking of our dependence upon God and our need and our desperate need of a Savior. Like St. Paul, I find that it's impossible to prevent myself from doing the very thing I hate without without the saving power of Christ. And I have seen too many people sit before me pouring out their life history and then finding them hopeless to pull themselves out. Humanly speaking, there's a limit to the power of human beings to achieve their own perfection. Over and over again, I have seen that there is a power. There is a power, the saving, healing power of Jesus Christ, which can change and transform lives in ways that I've never that I never would have dreamed of in my previous pastoral experience. Not only that, (laughs) excuse me, but I find doctors and counselors quite willing now to admit the limits of their science. 
Already 24 doctors are registered to make a workshop on prayer for healing that is to be held two months from the time I write this. Some doctors and scientists, of course, hold to the view quoted above that the sufficiency of science and human nature, um, but on the whole, I find them quite open to investigate the evidence relating to prayer for healing more open at times than theologians and priests and ministers. In one instance, a doctor who prayed for his patients was reported to the hospital administration by the chaplain for unprofessional conduct. That's ridiculous. The doctor was exonerated, and it was pointed out that he brought more patients to the hospital than any other physician. The simplest way to interpret the gospel and to understand the love of God is to affirm that if God has the power to help someone suffering from a sickness that is destructive of human personality, he would do something, and whatever he would do is clearly far more than something I might do. This is what the gospel says in so many ways. If you then, if you then who are evil know how to give your children what is good, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Matthew seven eleven. To speak of this power of Jesus to heal the sick is my desire in this book. If you're not convinced, I invite you to pray for the sick or accompany those who do and find out for yourself. For me, these things have combined to have combined to convince me. The human situation cries out for an answer. As I mentioned, a pastoral situation where we find people who are really trying to live good lives, who have tried to change, and yet they're still suffering from sickness, especially spiritual and emotional sickness. That is, wearing them down and does not appear to be redemptive. Often they are tempted to doubt the love and mercy of God. If there is not power to heal beyond the human message they have already tried. What kind of answer can we give to them when they act about God's will? Like Ivan in Brothers Karamos, some Christians who have searched deeply into human suffering have ended up as atheists because they see Christianity as preaching acceptance of evil as God's will. Mm. They cannot put that together with God's love. Sometimes a greater good can come out of a sickness, and sickness can be accepted as a necessary evil. But sickness is in itself evil, and we need to speak more about real healing power and God's desire to bring wholeness to us, either in this life or the next. Often we need the transforming power to heal in this life. Someone has said that a true Christian cannot stand by looking at suffering humanity with folded arms, but the way I preached about sickness was as if God did precisely that. He watched suffering humanity with arms folded all the while saying, it will do you good. The passionate questioning of the sick people and their families is better answered by saying as a general rule that an enemy has done this and God is on your side, and if we pray, we will bring some kind of help and healing to you. The gospel addresses that human human situation. This basic human dilemma of sickness is directly addressed by the gospel. 
The simplest and traditional understanding of the Christian message is that, A, mankind is suffering from a primordial sinful situation, original sin, from which it is powerless to extricate itself. The Old Testament is the record of God calling and rescuing his chosen people of their failing to live up to the call. Then Jesus came to free us, to save, to heal us from the effects of that sin. That sin is not only personal, your sins are forgiven, Luke 7, 48, but is part of the situation into which we were born. And this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound those 18 years, was it not right to unite her bonds on the Sabbath day, Luke 13, 16. In Acts, Peter gives a brief summation of the public ministry of Jesus. Because God was with him, Jesus went about doing good and curing all who had fallen into the power of the devil, Acts 10.38. Jesus freed people not only from sin, but also from bodily sickness, which is seen at least indirectly as the effect of sin for the most part, not personal sin, but the fallen human condition. The, The gospel speaks of this power to free and to heal being passed on to God's people, the church. He called the 12 together, and he gave them power and authority over all the devils to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal, Luke 9, 1, 2. It seems clear from this that many other passages that authority and power passed on to the church, not that we have ever doubted this in doctrine or theory, but there has been a practical doubt, a lack of faith when we come to apply it in our pastoral practice. For example, if a young drug addict comes to me for help suffering from that sickness, which is clearly not redemptive, do I believe that he will be freed from his enslaving habit if I ask Christ to free him? My experience. If the, if the previous considerations about our understanding of God's compassion and the meaning of redemption as revealed in Scripture were not enough to persuade me that there should be a power in Jesus Christ to heal, my own recent experience would be more than enough to convince me. For most of us, experience is what really convinces. The people who remain skeptical about healing are, I find, people talking from outside as if it were who have not seen the kind of things that I have been privileged to see. After the 72 came back, rejoicing at the healings and exorcisms they had performed, Jesus, after telling them to rejoice, rather, that their names were written in heaven, was filled with joy because the Father had received these things to mere children, No, because the Father had revealed these things to mere children, even though many prophets and kings had wanted to see what the 72 were now seeing. What they had just seen was the power to heal and to tread underfoot the whole power of the enemy, Luke 10, 17. In the past eight years, it has been a joy for me to see many people freed, healed, or strengthened by the power of Jesus Christ released through prayer. Many of the things I have seen are so wonderful as to sound incredible to those who have not themselves experienced them. These saving actions of God include spiritual healing, such as being freed instantly from long-standing alcoholism, 
emotional healing, such as from schizophrenia and deep mental depression, physical healing, such as growth disappearing in a matter of minutes. For some, these healings are immediate. For some, they are gradual and take months. And for still others, nothing at all seems to happen. But I would estimate that about 75% of the people we pray for, for physical or emotional ailments, are either healed completely or experience a noticeable improvement. Almost everyone regards the prayer as a real blessing and experience the presence of Christ in a very direct way. I would encourage any of you who question all of this, and we usually do question the authenticity of healing through prayer when we first hear about it, to check it out for yourself. Healing is caused by far more than the power of suggestion or even what can be achieved through the love of a compassionate person. Let me just share part of a letter dated May 7th, the kind of letter that often comes to me. I am writing to tell you of a miracle which has happened. I hope you might remember me. I am the one who was a drug addict. You advised me to get in touch with God. And I did this last October. The struggles I had were unbelievable. I found a retired angel, a retired priest who discerns carefully between mental problems, which is psychological, and those which are spiritual. I was delivered from the demon of lust and drugs only two months ago, and since then my life in the Christian therapy group I've, I'm in has bloomed so much that I assume to leave it with everyone's consent. I'm having no trouble with lust or drugs. I am at peace totally in a relationship with God and Jesus Christ, and I praise God for it daily in a gentle, quiet way. Father, I am at peace for the first time in 31 years. Seeing hundreds of people like this man, the kind of case I would have written off 10 years ago as nearly hopeless and a waste of my time, completely healed, or at least helped by the power of prayer, has helped me to see the love of God for his people in a deeper way than ever before. A whole new world has opened up for me. I trust that this wonderful power to heal is going to be a rediscovered blessing to the church, to God's people and the medical profession, and that this will lead us into an era we really would not have dreamed of just a few years ago. And that's the, um, that, that was the introduction to this book called The Power to Heal. So basically it's a minister saying how intrigued he is with the effects of praying for people to heal. And he's telling people how the power of God is real. And um, we know that prayer changes things. So that's what led him to write that book. And I'm sure targeted individuals who line up to their calling, some of us will be in God's kingdom to heal. Some of us will be in God's kingdom kingdom to counsel. Some will be in God's kingdom to teach. Some will, We all have a different role. And as we mature and perfect ourselves, uh, we will be able to write books about not just healing but helping people 
helping uh, targeted individuals and, and, and just people in general seeing uh, coming coming out of uh, these uh, situations, even if you're placed in a program like this, when you know that God is sovereign and that God, we serve the God of the impossible, you learn to uh, guide your life according to God's will, no matter what these people do. And you learn that God's a provider. You learn that God's a healer. You learn a lot from this TI program. And then God, I'm sure he has great things he wants us to do with the learning of such. So with that being said, that's the reading for tonight. And um, that's a minister who had many great benefits um, with praying for people to heal. And I ask that you all continue to pray for each each other, each one of us. Um, pray for um, Dr. Hall's immediate uh, recovery uh, out of that hospital and coverage of the blood of Jesus Christ over his life because he's done some great things in the TI community. And um, it's very disappointing to hear that, you know, he was hospitalized. I mean, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. We're going to stand on God's word that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And I'm going to pray it and pray it again. I plead the blood of Jesus on each and every person on this line, including myself and my mother, to not one of us be induced into that hospital, to not one of us become further victims of eugenics, that the blood of Jesus Christ will cover us. I don't care what weapon they have. It has to go through God. And I plead the blood of Jesus that not one of those weapons will impact us, will touch us that we will be able to stay in the state that God created us until God takes us off this earth, that we will never be in one of these sick hospitals. And that every eugenicist working against the will of God will be exposed, pursuant to Ephesians 5.11 that tells us to take no part in the works of darkness, rather expose them. This is my prayer in Jesus' name, amen. And bless my sister Anne, too, the healing healing over Anne, that, that demon attack on her, we come against it through the blood of Jesus Christ, and she will be at peace. And I thank God for all he's done for her, because she's definitely been in and out the hospital, and it's only the grace of God that gets her in and out alive. So we thank God for that. Okay, anybody else? Anybody has a poet's poem, a Christian poem, a saying? Anybody wants to say anything of encouragement to any other TIs? Want to read something? Please feel free to do so. If you have any comments, please feel free to do so. I sure hope I ain't put people to sleep. <laughs> Anybody still here? Oh, one. Hello? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay, great. Nancy's here. Great, I'm glad. How about Camille and um, Angelica? I wanted Angelica to come on because I know she would probably know uh, John Hall. And, and Nancy, would give me, um, I thought of you when I did that reading because he, he sounded like he was coming across, you know, 
um, you know, because Nancy's a, a, a master social worker, he sounds like he was coming across, you know, people that you deal with. And I'm sure the ministry, there's a very thin line between ministry and social work. What did you think about that reading, Nancy? Um, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was really good. I mean, I like anything that that's focusing on on God, His goodness, and you know, I I thought it was great. I thought of you because you know he said, he, and I thought of even myself because I mean, just a Ti. He said he was meeting people that was telling him God don't love him no more. How do you really minister to people like that? I think his message was. You know, you have to ask the Holy Spirit to intervene. You know, because you, you, he said also you have to cast out that demon spirit of doubt. You know, we see that a lot, too, in the TI community, right? Well, yeah, but if you're if you're talking about a mental health issue, that's, that's totally altogether a different thing, you know, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, you're you're not really dealing with the person; you're just dealing with a symptom. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's so it's it's uh, uh, it just depends on what what the disorder is. You know. Mm. I guess too, even the ministry, you 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 have to find a way to distinguish what is a mental illness. And um, what is, um, you know, a real sickness or a real PI? Because the devil's tactics are so deceptive. They, they, you know, well, they try to. Yeah, but you, you know, it could be both. It, it, it actually could. The PI and mental illness could be both because of what we're experiencing. It can be. It can be induced. You see what I'm saying? The person may not mm-hmm. have suffered from a mental illness prior to uh, prior prior to being exposed to you know the the manipulation the 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 brain manipulation. They may not have been a mental uh, mental health client, but because of the brain manipulation, because of what they do to the human brain, um, you know it, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's almost you know, it's it's induced, just like some substances, just like some uh, mood altering substances can can um, or or individuals are considered to have what's called a dual diagnosis because it's substance in, substance induced. Sometimes the brain is already in such a state, depending on how long a person has been abusing a substance, that it can then mask or mimic a mental illness. See, what we're experiencing, a lot of what I think targeted people are experiencing is something that can give the appearance of being a mental illness, and it may not be because of the manipulation of the brain. And or, you know, there are also cases where a person was already suffering from a mental illness, and then it just kind of goes over into like a complete psychotic episode. You know, there's just so much involved especially mm-hmm. when we're talking about the human brain because what we're dealing with is um, we're, we're being tortured. You know, we're, being, we're being tortured. Our brain, our, our emotions are being manipulated. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not as if uh, many of us didn't have any of this type of symptomology prior to being a part of this program. You know, we weren't experiencing anything like that, like this. But I just want to chime in here. Oh, okay. That's angelic. Because I've been having to deal for a long time with the label of mental illness. And through my targeting, um, I have found out that it actually was um, people who were uh, seeking revenge from childhood. And um, I found out in this location where um, they've been playing recording, it's not V2K because I can plug my ears and I don't hear it. And they ha- it's from a minister who um, also has been targeting um, uh Millicent Black, and uh, I I found out uh, they've been sitting there saying that I have stolen things that I bought. They're saying that that I stole my own songs that I composed when they stole them from the library in Redding, California. And uh, so, I mean, they're trying to mimic it as though I'm mentally ill, where the people in the property next door are hiding in vehicles and commenting uh, constantly on what me and the other people in the property are doing. So, I mean, it, 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 it looks like mental illness. But it is not. And I I find that I am being um, tracked through the call, through the talk shoe call. And the people who are on the call are stalking me. Like, for example, Linda. Like, for example, uh, I can't think of her name. Let's see. Well, who's Linda? Linda has a Friday night call. And well, there's another There's another woman well, here. What, what Nancy was saying is with targeted individuals is so different because even if you did um, appear to have a mental illness, it's directly related to the effects of being tortured through this program. Right. Of this program being unregulated. I, di- I found out through this uh, preacher who has been stalking me now for I, I don't even know how long, but uh, I started hearing him 
in Medford, Oregon, the second time that I left Seattle. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's an actual person who's talking because I can put my fingers in my ears and then I don't hear him. And, uh, um, but you know, they, they have, they have voice recognition. They can, you know, they can use, they monitor people's voices and they can put those as part of your, you know, your tormentation to make you think that this person's doing it. They do have voice recognition. You know that, right? Okay. You're not like really you, listening. You can, you can, You're not yeah, really listening to me, and I, can, just, they, I have found out what is going on with me. They no, are saying no, that, that's that I why stole. That's why, hold on, spiritual discernment is so critical because this is the program is designed to drive you crazy. So, in other words, they can they have voice recognition, so they can put anyone's voice to yeah, make you think. These, these are real people. But that's what I'm are, saying. Acts these are real people who are stalking me. Okay, and well, you know who it is. The problem, okay. 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 the problem is that they're I'm lower level nobody people. Knows nobody knows you're targeting better than you. I'll tell you that much. I'm not. Yeah, they're lower level targeting people. They're making like $15 an hour. These are people who otherwise wouldn't have a job, right? And they're oh. most likely felons. Most of the people that do the targeting are felons. But anyway, they've concocted this absurd story. And what has happened is people that I thought were my friends, my childhood friends that I haven't even seen for 50 years, have made this horrid story, <laughs> and I didn't—I never even got to live a life. These people from my childhood decided to seek revenge on me. One of them uh, died from brain cancer like uh, five years ago, and the other one is in California plotting this revenge and saying that uh, the the computer that I have that I bought after my friend's death, I just bought it like less than two years ago, and they're saying that I stole it from her. I yeah. haven't even seen her for fifty years. I mean, wow. I, I mean, the story is absurd, but I'm having like people like you, Hall, go through my uh, lockers. And having legions of other homeless people, and I mean, you just would not believe how huge it is. And the thing is that um, you know, it's called mental illness. It's called mental illness, and it is not. It's a social, horrible program that is uh, going on in our culture from the bottom to the top. And uh, our our whole culture has become completely mentally ill. These people who do it to me are mentally ill. It's That's, horrible. It's horrible. It's, uh, anyway, I mean, it I is horrible. You're dealing with it that. It is really horrible, and it has destroyed my life. Uh, and... You know, I 
I'm thankful once again. I am thankful for being a targeted individual, but I am read, uh, reading you a don't know who You don't know who your experience is going to help, so just let God use you. There's going to come a point. Exactly. And I found a really good article I'm going to send over to you, Miriam, and it's about psychological operations. And everyone has always thought that we're called targeted individuals. Actually, we are called empowered individuals because individuals who are targeted have special abilities. And Mm -hmm. we are targeted because we have a specific purpose. Exactly. The the people who are actually targeted are called the targeted audience. Mm -hmm. See, these people who are actually doing all this crap to us are the targeted people. They are the targeted audience, and through manipulating them... They're, they're under the deception. military achieve mm-hmm. their purpose. And so I'll send that over to you, Marianne. Yes, yes, that sounds awesome. But I, I, I just had it. to, uh, like, interrupt. And I love that. Well, Jose, I, I love that, that, um, that acronym you use. Um, empowered individuals. Right, we're empowered individuals. And I, we I believe, are I uh, empowered individuals. Each one of us in this mm-hmm. program it's is going to be your, and it's going to be able to help some of the next generation. Because wow. that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's right. We're we are the ones. We're the beacons. We're the shining light, and um, that's why uh, the rest of the culture. Our whole culture right now is very mentally ill. The whole mm-hmm. culture is mentally ill uh, from the military, uh, doing psychological operations, trying to uh, sway public but, opinion. But they're, they're wake, wake, waking up slowly. You know, on TV the other night, last night I think, they they actually played that Henrietta Lacks movie and Oprah Winfrey was in it. So people know that human research experimentation is some horrific stuff. Yeah, they've used me like that and my mother. Like Henrietta Lacks? Yes. Oh, my God. And, yeah, because, um, yeah, I'm just finding out, uh, like, I'm just, uh, what they did was uh, they were using me, like, taking uh, samples of my cervix, you know, when I go in just for a pap smear, you know, and putting implants in and uh, taking tissue out. And now when I cut, and I know that they were putting implants in because (coughs) they only use those implants when I'm in Washington State. And, uh, but they, they aren't really doing it really bad because I, right now, because I complained about it, and um, but the Gates Foundation, along with the National Cancer Institute, did this to over a hundred thousand East Indian women, tracking them by satellite and never giving them any treatment for um, 
And actually, this was at a bioethics commission that you actually attended, Miriam. Uh, Dr. Uh, Eric Suba spoke mm-hmm. about this. Wow. Yeah, so, and, and as a result, 300 plus uh, uh, East Indian women died of cervical cancer. And Dr. Eric Suba felt really bad about it, and the Gates Foundation actually went to trial on this. Uh, this is another one of the, you know, and last summer I had got over 100 mosquito bites from a drop ship uh, experiment. Uh, supposedly the mosquitoes were like, uh, anyway, it just goes on and on uh, how, how the Gates Foundation and the National Cancer Institute and uh, the University of Washington, um, the crap that me and my mother and apparently other members of my family have gone through. So, um, And then, then they turn around and they say, well, it's all right if we do this because this is someone who is mentally ill. Well... <laughs> I am, you know, I have been suffering from the revenge of people who said they were my best friend, you know. Right. Well, you know, when I turn the tape off, let me turn the tape off because I want to ask you. But did you hear about John Hall? Let me turn the tape off. I want to ask you. Yes, I know about Dr. John Hall. So he's hospitalized. Um, I I only know what I've heard. Yeah, uh, that he had.